Hello, everyone. This is John Otterstein and Bobby Darren for the Scarlet Nation podcast. We are giving you our instant feedback after Rutgers Falls 31-13 to to Michigan State. Didn't want to let, get too far out from the game before we took a look back and just gave some thoughts on where the Scarlet Knights are after their latest game today. Anyway, Bobby, it's good to talk to you. I know you probably were hoping for a different outcome, but it's something you did predict, right? You didn't really expect Rutgers to uh, to pull this one out today. No, I, and I tell you why, because I figured the defense would come out and play well. I, I just don't see enough firepower on offense. You know, coming in without Bo Melton, um, you know, you're trying to struggle and see where those points are going to come from. And you know, they don't have the dynamic playmakers that some of these other Big Ten programs have. So I, I thought it would be a struggle to cover points. I predicted them to score 16. They scored 13. Um, but they hung around. They had a chance. You know, they had a, they had the ball down 15 in inside the uh, Michigan State uh, red zone, you know, in the fourth quarter. You know, touchdown there pulls them within one score. So I, I think they hung around. They showed a lot of grit, a lot of toughness, a lot of fight. And, you know, remember, we're in the second year of a massive rebuild here. What To add on to what you said, even Greg mentioned the fact that Rutgers was in this game. It wasn't like they were out of it real early and that there was no chance. There were certain points in this game where you thought, hey, if the ball bounces their way a couple times, this could be, you know, they could pull out the the upset. just wasn't meant to be today. Yeah, and, you know, Michigan State scored on two 63-yard plays and a 95-yard play. You eliminate those big plays from the equation, and this is a tight game. Right, right. So let's talk, uh, since you mentioned those big plays, let's talk defense first. Uh, where is Rutgers right now as a team defensively, and where were they today? You know, is, is it was what we saw today basically where they're at, or is it uh, you know, not quite what, what we could expect the rest of the way? You know, coming in, I, I thought one of the keys to this game was how the Rutgers secondary was going to play. They were tested, and, and they didn't fare too well. I mean, by the end, you saw Patrice Rene be replaced by Robert Longerbeam. You saw Elijah Clark getting some run in there. I mean, they're down Max Melton, who is their best corner. I don't think we expected Trey Avery to have as bad a game as he did today. You know, he's been pretty solid all year, and, and he had a tough one today. Um I thought that unit didn't play very well. You know, the safeties, you know, were kind of exposed. I was impressed with Desmond Igbenosin came in and got some run at the end uh, when Kristen Izian got hurt. I'm excited to see how he fares moving forward because he's got a ton of talent. But, you know, you, you don't get the big pass rush. You don't have those those guys that are going to be prolific off the edge and demand double teams. Um, I thought the linebacker play of, of the starting unit was kind of so-so. I, I was impressed some of what I seen out of Tareem Powell, who I think might be starting by the end of the year. Um, but, you know, overall, it's kind of what we expected. Michigan State has a lot of firepower, the nation's leading rusher, uh, and you saw their receivers are just, you know, that's what big play receivers uh, do in these games. You know, uh, Jalen Allen, you know, just really uh, uh, had, a, had a big game, three big touchdowns, um, and that's what these big receivers can do. They can stretch the field, and Rutgers just doesn't have it. And, and you know, it takes time. It starts with recruiting, and, and, and it takes time to build that. And, and like I said, we're in the second year of a massive rebuild. Rutgers is 3-3, three and three, uh, a lot of positives moving forward into this season. You mentioned some of these young guys on defense, and obviously Rutgers is hurting without Max Melton. Let's just assume he'll make his way back onto the field at some point in the future. At longer beam is in there getting experience. Elijah Clark is getting experience. Powell, Igmanusen. Uh That's a lot of guys who are getting 
experience earlier in their career, and that can only help moving forward. Mm-hmm. And Keontae Hamilton's another guy had some plays on the defensive line, didn't play a ton, but when he got in there, man, he really got into the backfield and, and was explosive, and, and he's going to have an offseason to put some weight on, and he's, he's going to be dangerous. Aaron Lewis is in his second year, you know, just starting to add some size. When he adds another 20 pounds, look out. He's going to be a real dynamic defensive end. So you're starting to see the pieces put in place, and that's only going to get better with some of these recruits that are coming in. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Greg went to the portal and grabbed a couple guys. This year has not really been uh, a beneficial, a big one, I should say, uh, in terms of transfers. Uh, you know, Efine uh, Mesha is starting to play well, but outside of that, you know, it's kind of been a struggle with, with the, uh, the five transfers that came in this year. But you're starting to see those pieces come together. And let's jump over to the offense. What have you seen from the offense that you like, and what have you seen that you really would hope to see them you know, turn around moving forward? You know, Noah Vedrill had some good runs, had, had some good throws in the beginning, but he's a guy that's not going to fit those passes into the tight windows. He doesn't have a huge arm. And, and when you're out there without Melton and Krushank, you know, you're really limited in terms of playmakers. Um, when you look at the running backs, you, you see these guys trouble getting around the, around the, uh, any sweeps and, and getting to the corner. They don't have that explosive speed back that can really, you know, make those big plays uh, when, you, when you're running wide. Um, and then you go up the middle, and, and it's tough to find running room because the offensive line is getting moved off the football. The right side has a lot of promise. You have Troy Rainey in his second season starting at right guard, and, and Holland Pierce uh, at right tackle. But, you know, there's a learning curve with those guys. You can't expect them to go in in their first year as starters. One's a former Bowling Green commit in Rainey, and one is a, a walk-on in Holland Pierce. So those guys are learning. And, and when you have a full off season to get them more acclimated to the strength and conditioning program, you're just going to see them get bigger. You're going to see them get smarter. And I, I think there's a lot of promise with those two guys on the right side. Then you bring in some younger guys, you know, to complement them on the other side of the line. And, and you're going to have a stout unit. But, you know, offensive line is not a position where guys can just jump in and, and, and change the, the game as a freshman. So uh, it's going to take time. But you're seeing these pieces, like I said, put in place. And, um, you know, they're going to need some help at receiver. I, I, I think Greg's really going to have to look into the portal and maybe grab a receiver or two because they need those playmakers that can really stretch the field. Now, Rutgers gets a, I guess you'd call it a bit of a reprieve in a week when they head out to play Northwestern, October 16th. I believe that's a noon start. Mm-hmm. What would you like to see from the Scarlet Knights in that game? You know, tough play. Uh, you got to eliminate some of the penalties, although I thought that the, the refs were a little trigger-happy throwing those flags today. You know, I tweeted that I think they had a quota where, you know, they had to throw so many flags to get pay, uh, paid today. But, um, you know, I, Rutgers has, has been a, a very uh, – they've been limited in their penalties this year, so I, I think they need to clean a little bit of that up. Um, just, you know, play a little more discipline, uh, you know, on defense and being in the right gaps, making the right fits. And, and, look, let's be honest, they're not going to face the same competition they faced in the last three weeks. They played Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan State. You know, Michigan State was, was 11th ranked. Uh, Michigan's nine, Ohio State's seven. That's no small order. And, you know, they were in two of those games till the end. I know the score might not reflect it, but, you know, if, if they can score in the red zone down there, it's 28 to 20 with, uh, you know, five minutes left to play, you, you get the ball back, who knows? I mean, you know, there would be the possibility to, to win. Not saying it would have happened, but, you know, they hung in. You know, Ohio State's a different story. But, um, you know, th- this team is making progress, and, and people might might have gotten higher expectations than 
than what should be realistic after that Michigan Michigan second half. But um, let's remember, we're in the second year of a massive rebuild. Greg Shiano took this team over, and they had won three games in the past two years against Texas State, UMass, and Liberty. And I think me, you, Sean, and, and eight other guys might be able to beat UMass. So let's put it in perspective. Right. So they're playing Northwestern squad that opened up the season on September 3rd against Michigan State, so common opponent there. It was a loss, 38-21. Uh, to 21. Uh, mm-hmm. Then they went to Indiana State where they won 24-6, to 6, followed by a loss to Duke, 30-20. to 20. And then they played Ohio, um, 35-6. to 6. So, uh, oh, oh, I forgot about the Nebraska game, which was a, <laughs> a forgettable one for them, 56-7 to 7 loss. So, I guess Rutgers has to be liking the matchup here. Um, not to say that Northwestern is going to be a pushover, but definitely a game that they should win and definitely should be competitive in. Definitely, and, and I think they can come out with a lot of energy, and it's a game they can win. Heading into the bye week, um, you know, it could build a lot of momentum. And coming out of the bye week, they're playing Illinois, and I like it. Greg Ciano coach team coming out of a bye week against uh, an opponent who who is you know of really around the same caliber. You know that they're in that middle of the middle to lower tier of the Big Ten, so uh, they could win that game. I mean, you know, as, as bad as it may look after this game, you know, it could be five and three. Now, I want to temper expectations because, like I said, you know, it's still the second year of a massive rebuild, and the depth is going to come into question because guys are naturally going to get hurt. You saw that today. Christian Izzy went down. Aaron Krushank went down. You know, Noah Vedrill got banged up at the end, although he told me after the game, you know, he feels good and he should be able to go next week. But, um you know, these injuries are starting to take guys out. Right. Illinois, you hate to think too far ahead, but Illinois right now is sitting at two and five. So that has to be another game that Rutgers fans should be excited about in terms of a potential win. And Mm -hmm. I guess if anyone told you at the beginning of the season that Rutgers would be five and three at that point, I mean, who, who wouldn't take that? Yeah, you'd sign up for that. And, look, if you win those two games, you have a lot of momentum going into the final four stretch. Wisconsin's going to be tough. Penn State is going to be, you know, exponentially tough. But then Indiana's not a you know, powerhouse. And, and Maryland, you know, by that time, Maryland might have, you know, tucked tail and, and, and conceded the season. But um, proverbially, I'm, I'm saying, metaphorically, what's what's the better one? Metaphorically. I'm not quite sure. Just roll with it. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's a big word. It sounds good. So, um, But, you know, there's no telling what can happen by that point. But they made it through this tough part of the schedule. And, and you know, they did get some injuries. They're a little banged up. But um, they were competitive. And, and that's what you wanted to see. I mean, I think at the beginning of the year, if, if, if someone would have told you you would be in the Michigan and Michigan State game to the very end, a lot of people would have signed up for that. Now, Rutgers has been hosting recruits every week for the home games. Today was uh, a lesser crowd compared to last week. Last week was you know, a lot of – it was about five deep on the sideline. Mm-hmm. And this is a, a great recruiting class so far for Rutgers. Uh, one defection so far. Is there only one uh, in uh, Ignison's brother, right? And, Davidson. Uh, Davidson, right? And but what what are you thinking in terms of like where where does Rutgers need someone to come in next year and be able to make an immediate impact whether it's a freshman or it's a transfer? Where, where, I, what is that one area of biggest need? Well, I, I think you need a wide receiver who's gonna who's gonna stretch the field. I mean, just look at today what those guys from Michigan State did, and and you can see how much they changed the game. Now they had a good quarterback throwing the ball to them. And Rutgers is gonna have a pretty good quarterback next year going out there and Gavin Wimsett. 
So uh, I think you need to get, to grab a receiver and, and really or two and really get that dynamic playmaker who can, you know, really make a difference in games. One play, take it to the house, and, and it, it just opens things up too because when you have a guy that can stretch the field, you know, your safeties can't cheat up and, and play to run, and it opens things up for the running back. So it, it would just be – it would help out a lot. And, and in terms of Igbenosa, you know, it's not over yet. Rutgers is still going to be in the mix there. I mean – um, I, I expect Shiano to stay on him and, and, and go after him, and, and they're going to be right in there till the end with that one. And today was was the first thing I thought about when Rutgers was struggling in the defensive backfield. <laughs> Boy, yeah, Igmanosin could be watching this, seeing some opportunity for himself down the line. Yeah, and and his brother plays there, and his brother starts playing well. He says, "Come play with me." You know, he's a kid. I think he just wanted to continue with the recruiting process you know before he committed to Rutgers the day before he really didn't know where he was going to go Ole Miss or Rutgers and we've seen that like going up leading up to signing day but you know he's still got a lot of time till he signed so maybe he shouldn't have committed as early as he did because he might not have been 100% in so I, I think he wants to explore his options and, and still get the attention he's a four-star now so um, you know let him go through it take some visits and in the end he might want to stay home but um, you know Rutgers has some some promise at the position and a guy who we haven't talked about who was a little banged up through training camp and into the season Shaquan Moyle another four-star cornerback who in the futures could make a difference here you know in a big way in the secondary so it's just another name to keep an eye on as a guy who could be on the rise the defensive line is a big question mark for me because I'm used to those Shiano teams of old where there was someone on the edge who was just putting constant pressure on the mm-hmm. quarterback who do you see that being in the future? Uh, Aaron Lewis, who I mentioned earlier, you know, he, he came in and played light as a freshman. Uh, and he, he put on a little bit of weight uh, in the offseason. But uh, it's gonna, I, I expect him to put on a lot more this offseason, just build in, into one of those massive defensive ends. He's starting to see more time than Mike Tavertoff at the strong side position. I uh, really, really like what he brings to the table. Mohamed Torrey does a nice job of rushing from the other side. Um, you know, but th- there isn't that one guy who's like, wow, you know, he has 15 sacks a year. But those are two guys to keep an eye on. And they have a lot of uh, younger guys, though, in the mix. I mean, you have guys that, that aren't playing that have a lot of promise. The uh, Cameron Stewart, the Ryan Keelers of the world, um, Henry Hughes, they brought in a lot of defensive ends last year who are all redshirting. So we're not seeing them, but these guys are building, developing, and progressing, and I, I think they made that an area of concern in the last recruiting class. And you're going to see them guys start to come to life. Wesley Bailey's another guy you got to keep an eye on. Is in his second year, still learning the game, hasn't played much. Came from Canada, uh, looks the part physically, and I think once everything clicks, he's going to be another guy that can make an impact. And these guys are long, they're big. I mean, Keontae Hamilton in, in the interior, I think, is going to be a beast. And um, they have a lot of promise, but it takes time to develop these guys, especially in the trenches. Both sides of the football, it really takes a while to to get these offensive and defensive linemen ready because a lot of them, you know, you come in, you're 18 years old, you're going against grown men, 22 years old, and they're just massive, and and it takes time to catch up to that. You mentioned Wesley Bailey. I remember seeing him at the camp this summer, and he just has a frame that looks like a potential NFL guy down the line, just in terms of Mm -hmm. you squint a little bit and – Imagine what he could be with a couple of years of strength and conditioning. It's pretty exciting. And he's a guy, you know, he starts to play the position, and, and there's a lot of technique involved, using your hands and whatnot. 
and, and that's slowly coming to them. And when you learn a lot of these things, I think people don't realize that these younger guys are learning so much and they're thinking as they're playing. And until you do it with great repetition and it becomes almost instinctual, you can't play as fast as you normally would because so, you, you're kind of slow and, and mechanical in your thinking. So uh, that's just something to keep in mind in terms of these guys' development. Now, I know a lot of NFL scouts have been to practices. I saw a guy wearing a Giants outfit uh, shirt today on the uh, sideline. I have no idea if he was with the, excuse me, with the Jets, actually. I don't know if that was a scout or just someone wearing the shirt. But this had me thinking about who these scouts might be looking at. In your estimation, well, who do you think are some of the top prospects right now? In, uh, you mean for, for Rutgers? For NFL, yeah. Like who, who are some of the guys that you think has have the, the greatest potential right now to, to make that jump? I think the biggest potential is in a lot of the younger guys on Rutgers, you know, your Elijah Clarks and guys of that nature. I don't want to get too ahead of myself with them. Um, you know, some of the guys will, will get a shot. You know, you have your Bo Meltons and Aaron Cruikshanks of the world, Isaiah Pacheco, you know, these are all later round guys. Um, 03 will have a chance there, uh, you know, getting drafted. And, uh, you know, they're looking at those guys. They're doing their due diligence. They're also looking at the opposing team, let's not forget. But um, I, I don't think you're going to see a wealth of guys get drafted this year. Um, I think that the, the meat of that is going to be down the line, you know, with your Gavin Wimpsatch, with your – uh, the guys that I mentioned earlier, you know, some of these young guys playing. Keontae Hamilton, I think, has the NFL big tackle written all over him. Um, I, I don't even know. You know, I know he's supposed to wrestle here, too, but I think when he sees, you know, what the potential is, I think the offseason is just going to be spent, you know, uh, getting ready for football season because, you know, he could be a D tackle that makes, you know, tens of millions of dollars in the pros. Now, before I let you go, Bobby, I want to talk basketball really quick. There were two uh, kids on official visits this weekend. I saw mm-hmm. Coach Pico up in the stands entertaining one of them, relaxing, watching the game. Are you excited about this season or what? Yes, you're very excited. And, you know, in talking with Pico every year and getting to know him, this is as most excited as I've seen him um, before a season. He would always err on the side of caution when he talks about his expectations. But this year, he, he's not making making any bones about it. He's not shy about it. He says, you know, this is an exciting team. We have a you know, high expectations, we have a chance to go pretty far. So I'm excited. I'm going to be up at practices in the next couple of weeks, and um, they have a lot of talent, and I think they're more cohesive than they were last year. We saw that little uh, midseason slump, and I, I think uh, things will be better this year in terms of team chemistry as well. So definitely excited for the start of hoops. Yeah, you're not joking when you say that coach is excited about this team. I, I almost cringed a little bit when he was talking the other day, thinking that, He's setting the bar almost too high, particularly for a player like Cliff Amarui talking about how he's really expecting a huge jump from him this year and only his second year. But if Rutgers can get that jump from him, this could be a special year. Yeah, and, and you know, you have to keep everyone healthy and, and whatnot. But um, the, the rack will be packed again, which gives them a tremendous home court advantage. And I'm looking forward to that, too, because a lot of times <laughs> last year there would only be a few media people in the basketball games. and. I was usually the last one to leave, and when I would leave, I'd pretty much be the only one in the rack, and there would be cardboard cutouts, and I really felt like it was I was the last man on earth. You know, like, uh, I don't know if you ever saw I Am Legend with Will Smith. I felt like Will Smith walking out of there. Right, right. I, I, it, you see people getting excited. So, you know, my one son, who is hard to get him drag, he's a high school kid, and he's hard to drag away from his friends, and he asked for tickets to games. And mm-hmm. it was it was fun to see that. Somebody who was willing to go down, you know, leave their friends or take their friends and go see games and 
Rutgers is relevant again. Rutgers is, is exciting. Peichel's built a winner. Peichel's built something that, that people want to see and be part of. The, we talked the other day about the naming rights of uh, the arena possibly being bought. And so just what a, what a great time to be part of Rutgers basketball. Yeah, definitely looking forward to it. And, and football's catching up, so when both of them get on that same level, it, it'll, it'll be a really exciting season. One will bleed into the other, and it, it'll, it'll be a good time for Rutgers fans. Hey, Bobby. Great talking to you. I can't wait to, to meet up with you again in future games and obviously in basketball this year. Uh, appreciate your insight. Appreciate all that you bring to the website. You're a good man. So much valuable knowledge and obviously just insight in everything you do. And for those of you listening right now, we would love to see you on the Roundtable VIP message board. That's where you can talk to Bobby and our other writers. They're there to answer your questions. You want them to go out and write a, an article, research something, just go post it right there. They'll, they'll get are more than happy to go up and find the answer to whatever questions you have. We have so many great features reoccurring each week, new ones being added all the time, and it's all right there at scarletnation.com. So we hope to see you soon.